I never say no to any project. I just say, okay, this is a new, you know, uh, challenge. Um, I don't know nothing about it, but I'll just try. Hey everyone, so welcome to today's episode of the Stills in Motion podcast, a creative business podcast for photographers and filmmakers. So today we're joined by Derek Malou, who is a photographer and filmmaker from Belgium, who's currently based out in Slovakia. Um, his work is incredible. If you haven't come across it before, like I highly recommend going and checking him out. Like he has this really like timeless, nostalgic style that is really story driven and he implements a lot of graphic design and different things into his work. So definitely one to check out. He's worked with people like Visit Faroe Islands, Canon Belgium, Tui um, and a load of other big names and he's definitely an inspirational guy and I think you're going to get a lot out of today's podcast. Right, so without any further ado, here is today's episode. Cool, Derek, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I feel like I've been following you on sort of social media for a little while now and we've been chatting back and forth, but it's, um, it's great to finally have a chance to properly chat with you and ask you a bit about you know, kind of photography and filmmaking and your business. Thank you so much for having me. That's, it's no such an honor to be like the first one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, I was compiling the list and I was like, oh, I've got to get Derek on. So, um, That's yeah, so no, cool, yeah. And you got back to me, so I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll get on and do it. Um, but for those who don't really know who you are, um, it would be great to have a bit of like an introduction and if you can kind of like tell the listeners like who you are, where you're from and kind of like um, where your sort of passions lie in photography and filmmaking. Yeah, so um, I'm a Belgian adventure or outdoor travel photography, uh, mainly focused on, yeah, outdoor, of course, and all the um, outdoor, uh, I would say, activities or uh, jobs. Uh, that's really what I want to go toward that part, like uh, shepherds, fishermen, uh, hunting, whatever, everything which is involved uh, outdoor and nature. Um, I started as a full-time photographer like three years ago, something. Uh, I don't know if I said already that, that I'm Belgian, and, uh, but now currently living in Slovakia for some different reason. Uh, <laughs> that's another story <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> yeah and um, yeah so basically that's what I'm doing right now awesome so kind of like how, how did you kind of get into photography and filmmaking what was that kind of look like um, that's also a long story but to make it short um, no we'll have the I, long story <laughs> yeah. I, I grew up in a film my, my both parents were working or um, like running a small clothing brand in Belgium and like Luxembourg and around and I grew up like completely immersed in this uh, atmosphere so I started working I don't know around the age of 15 or something with my parents directly never went like to university or whatever and just getting uh, slowly going every time to the photo shooting and getting more into that aspect of the business like all the marketing and um, yeah creative aspect 
Um, so at the end, I went to for like taking care of the whole brand identity of that clothing brand. And that's all I started to, to get, you know, into photography and also taking like side clients as a second job. And yeah, slightly getting more and more into it. And also like I'm, I'm very passionate about the outdoor since very young. So that was like the two, two, two world um, putting together into photography. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because yeah. I've, um, you know, from seeing from your work, you can clearly see you're like super inspired by the outdoors and outdoor life. And yeah. I, I, I think, I think like the piece that kind of sticks out to me is that, <clears throat> Is that film you made um, in the Faroe Islands yeah. <laughs> about about sort of living an alternative life outdoors? And like, I think that's I remember watching that film and be like, wow, like you've created something pretty special. And it's like, it's I think something we're all like, kind of thinking. I'm realizing like, oh yeah, you know, like outdoor life is so important. It's it's kind of an alternative to the city life that everyone's kind of moving towards. Um, but yeah, I would love to kind of like talk ask you a bit about that film and kind of like the motivations behind it and kind of how you sort of um put that yeah. together sure uh but probably is a bit related also to my own story coming from the fashion industry to a more outdoor uh life or like especially here now in slovakia i'm very uh i'm living far from any big city like the closest city for me it's 15 minutes but I have to get there by a five kilometers uh, just dirt road you know first so uh, it's very different from my past life who was like more into fashion and going every all the time in downs for the shops and I uh, like kind of hectic and now it's more connection with nature um, and definitely like I went for the first time in uh, the Faroe Island in 2018, I guess, yeah. Uh, I went there with another photographer from Belgium and I just, wow, I was blown away by this place. It's just incredible, so beautiful. And like you have the modern, uh, yeah, the modern side of the Scandinavian countries, you know, and then this very rude and, uh, natural environment around and yeah that's just popping to my head you know what okay I'm just gonna make a movie about this because this is really the life I I can relate to and I, I love so that was the the first idea I mean <laughs> you kind of have this like timeless like nostalgic style but I do feel like it does seem to flex and adapt um, depending on like what projects you're working on but I would love to hear a bit more about that. Like, how do you kind of tweak your style depending on what you're doing and what's kind of like your thought process behind deciding how things might look or like how you might tell a certain story? Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, first of all, I think, um, like, I was also guilty for doing, like, I guess every Instagrammer does like um trying to just edit my image the same way so just they just 
look nice and have the same consistent feel on my feed and but after some times I just realized um, that that's what what was not the way I wanted to show like to edit my image uh, when I look back at image I took 10 years ago and just looking at oh I edit you know back at that time it was like full clarity and a lot of uh, vignette and like a lot of contrast and I just said okay no I don't want my image or photo to, to be like that in 10 years they just look horrible and I'm not broad at all of what I did at that time but I guess I'm not the only one um, <laughs> so I, I slightly started to think about oh does an image um, like stay in the time and get like this timeless uh, look so I uh, I just yeah I search a lot for all the you know the famous photographer that we are looking now from the 90s and like and I just realized that you cannot push too much like editing it should be always natural and I think you all also have that same I love your image because they don't like are super much edited or I don't know they just feel natural right. yeah so um, and that's no I just see it as mostly I will edit my image f for each place that I go or each trip that I make I just make a feel for that trip and not like uh, the same for every place of, or any destination that I will go so I mostly see it as a yeah I, I try to especially now like also on my Instagram or whatever project I do I look at it as if I was working for a magazine like I hand magazine and just okay oh does this will tell the story what emotion do I want to like transmit and I start from there and yeah I, I guess now I still have that consistent feel but I edit like for each project differently and also like okay this color are going to be like the main color for that batch of photo and then just like yeah that's that's now my <laughs> you know but it's changing every day <laughs> yeah yeah no that's <laughs> awesome it's, it's good like to hear like you know that's how you do it. Because I, I think some of some of the best photographers I look up to, like yourself included, you can see that there so is like this, there's like this core style or core aesthetic, and then they kind of move slightly in yeah. either direction just to tweak it for whatever the client is or the project or the location. Or Exactly. Um, I mean, you will not edit the same way a trip in the Faroe Island than you'll do in Thailand. I mean, the, 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 the colors are completely different and the feel is completely different. The vibes, like, yeah, it's, yeah. you cannot, like, put all the same. Also, like, the, you have, like, five years ago or three years ago, I don't know, that was the fashion of the very bluish, desaturate image on Instagram. But, I mean, like, if you go to Thailand and do the same style, uh, you don't get the the vibe of Thailand with those kind of image, you know? Yeah, abs absolutely, absolutely. Um, 
so I, th I think the other thing that really sticks out to me in your work, Derek, is like story and how it's like how you implement it into like everything. Like even if it's just like one single image, I always feel like it does encapsulate a story really well. And particularly for some of your uh, client work, like I'm thinking about the kind of like the Tekavas film that you yeah. made, like the, the Western sort of like cowboy inspired like film. <laughs> I, like you really tell that story in, in a way that fits so well with that brand and I kind of wanted to like ask like, how do you how do you go about that process of trying to carve a story um for a brand like brand like that um whew, that's a hard question man. <laughs> um yeah I don't know but first of all probably I'll just um think before uh getting to the photo shoot or whatever you call it um, which uh, vibes or mood or um, story I want to tell and also um, also working like kind of in advance of what colors I want to show so that's also a big part for me and more and more now and really like trying to say okay what kind of emotion I want to give to the people who watch those uh, photo or film or whatever um, and starting from there so that's the first step and I guess once I'm on location it doesn't cross so much my mind because you know you are in the rush and you just have to capture as much as you can but because of the, the work in like before that I just I think it's it's in me anyway so I just capture it and it's there because I'm like my mind is already like on that on that mindset yeah so the pre-production like the all the thought that yeah, goes in before even is, though like, I'm important. not like the guy who will write down everything like it will not be very super uh, detailed and okay I'll do that or that no I just want to capture the moment as I as it comes which just like the feel is already in my in my mind in some way yeah okay so you're trying to get a balance of kind of like thinking beforehand but also being ready to kind of like react on exactly the, on exactly set. like the story probably the storytelling is kind of a bit prepared but not too much also but for the rest like i just capture as it as it, as it, as it come and i guess it's also giving making the story because I capture it as it happened so um, also make the story cool um so so as I mentioned before like bit like creative business is a massive part of this podcast and I'd kind of love to ask you a bit about you've kind of touched on it before how you sort of got into photography and how you started having some side clients but I would love to kind of hear about how you kind of made that happen how did you get those side clients and how did you kind of develop your photography business to what it is now. Yeah, uh, so that's, that's a strange story because I started taking a photo like for, for the, my, my parents' uh, clothing brand, of course. So I was mostly like in uh, fashion photography, if you would call it like this. And, but then my sister-in-law, like the, the wife of my brother, she was working in the horse industry, like she was a breeding horse. 
and she asked me okay can you make some pictures for me of the horse because I want to sell some or said yeah okay no problem I'll try I never did but um, I mean why not so I just started and took some image for her and then um, she was happy and then a few clients of hers asked me also to take a photo of, of their horse and I just started to have a few clients like that and it happens that those people also have business on the side so they said okay you can maybe try also for my business take some photos okay no problem and that's how it started like small job not not big gigs but just having some side money uh, and then uh, yeah just worked like that for a few years then when my parents decided to stop like their, their brand or the company I said okay now I'll go full-time uh, for photography and video graphy so that's that's all things start to to work that's cool yeah I feel like word of mouth and like those connections in the beginning are really kind of like the way you where you kind of get going aren't they it's like you know you did something yeah. for someone and then like they recommend you to someone else and it's very important um but like I think like that's the best way oh, probably yeah yeah I think so in the beginning but like but like now um, where where are sort of most of your clients like coming with, coming from? Like I've seen you've done some work for Visit Fair Islands and done some stuff recently for Canon Belgium. Like yeah. are those the kind? Are they where are those people kind of coming to you from? Is it on Instagram or is it through word of mouth still? Or are you kind of reaching out to them? Uh, yeah, I guess it's a bit of all. So <laughs> uh, I'm working, for example, with Canon Belgium since almost three years now or yeah three years so that's a long long-term collaboration I'm just working all the time with them so that's cool because you know when you start to have a client and you can work all the time uh, you build a trust uh, relationship and you know what they want you they know what you can do and that's that's really cool um, but like to answer your question I reach reach out to a lot of brands still uh, I'm still doing it a lot. I'm not a very technical guy or I don't pitch them so well, I guess. <laughs> Compared to other people, I see that I'm just like, wow, this is so nice with pitching decks and whatever. I'm just like, wow, I never, yeah, sometimes do it. But it's mostly, um, and I think that for me, that which worked best is a strong portfolio so I'm always pushing my portfolio also like working for for free sometimes or doing like some projects just for myself but just to build my portfolio uh, and I think like that's a, it's mostly people don't uh, care too much about, about their portfolio and work more on pitching deck or whatever but at the end of the brand, they will just see what you're, you can do. So what you already have done. So uh, I'm just mostly sending my portfolio and saying, hey, I, I can work for you maybe. And okay, maybe they will just reply, we don't need any photographer for now, but they will just stick in their head, you know, and maybe one year later, they'll come back and say, okay, maybe we have a project for you. So 
you never know. So it's never a waste of time to reach the brand and just saying that you exist in some way. Yeah, yeah, but making yeah. them aware of you, I guess. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, so cool. uh, yeah, and I mean also like a lot of word of mouth, you know, you working with a brand and then the competitor, they also are looking at what their competitors are doing. So they just say, okay, it's working with, okay, maybe we should also, it's cool. Maybe we should try also, so. Oh, that's that's really interesting and it's yeah. cool you sort of touch on like the portfolio and like how you build your portfolio because I feel like just from looking at your work you have such a versatile portfolio <clears throat> like you've kind of got your outdoor things you've got your sort of country life <clears throat> sorry excuse me no and then you've also kind of done weddings and fashion and like recently food photography and then yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, it's, it's interesting because like sometimes you listen to people and they're like, oh, you really need to find your niche. You need to like nail down and go down one route. Um, but I feel like in the beginning, it's, it's probably quite important to have a wide variety of things that you do. So you can kind of make that jump to full time photography. Would you say that's fair? And like, what, what was your kind of motivation behind having a sort of wider portfolio? Yeah, I think as you said, uh, having a wide portfolio or um, first, you are learning so much by doing a lot of different stuff. So um, not only about photography, but also business. I mean, you have more client because you can make more things than someone else. And I think it's really important to find your niche. But at the same time, um, finding your niche takes time. So, and by doing a lot of different photography, you just start to know and feel what you prefer or what you are better at. So, I mean, my advice would be to do as much as you can and just narrow it down after a time because you will see what you're best for or what you like also and uh, yeah so that, that that's the I never say no to any project I just say okay this is a new you know uh, challenge um, I don't know nothing about it but I'll just try yeah, yeah. and while doing it you will learn a lot of things also that will help for your other I mean, uh, if maybe if I do, like you said, food photography, I still learn a lot of things about outdoor photography because I, I don't know, just, you know, you know better your camera, your setting, whatever, lighting. Yeah. Uh, That's for sure. I guess you sort of develop those like transferable skills that you could easily just apply to something else, like exactly. use of use of light or whatever, composition or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know that. that's really cool. And I, 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 I've had a little look through your, because um, you did, you did the work for your sister, right? She was doing, yeah, exactly, she was doing a yeah. food book. Yeah, yeah. I had a little look, and um, I watched the uh, the promo film you made for her, like uh, book. That's what it's so great. Like it's just, you can tell it's like classically you, but it's just something completely different. Um, <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> that's cool. What you said. That's that. cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess kind of like, just on the 
on the vein of like creative business and stuff like what have you kind of struggled with most and found like most challenging kind of like going into photography and filmmaking full time like what's what have you struggled with uh, I guess uh, like everyone finding new clients that's uh, like a difficult part but I guess it's for every business is the same finding client is always difficult uh, but for me, specifically for photography, is like the pricing. That's so difficult because you never know what you have to price. Nobody will help you with that because they just don't want to share their price. Or there's also so much difference between a professional and a, like a student that will ask maybe a hundred euro or pound for like the day and then you have someone will ask like 100 times that price and you are just there saying okay but for me what do I have to ask because it's very difficult to know at which point the brand will work with you and also what you have to earn uh, every month so I guess that's the most difficult part for anyone starting in this business uh, I guess it's the same with you and um, also the problem if you are asking too little then you'll have problem later if you're working with the same brand raising your price but if you're asking directly too much they will never work with you because you you don't have a strong portfolio or or you're just starting so giving the right price is probably the the hardest hardest for for anyone even yeah. for, for pro now, uh, there are so many influencer or like fake photographer that are asking <laughs> so little and the brand, they just say, okay, I'm paying not so much and I have like a lot of uh, visibility because though this guy has, I don't know, 70K, 100K followers so, and, and the price is not so high and that's true, but then not all the time the content is is very I mean good or there's also like a lot of fake and fake followers and whatever so it's it's a nightmare to find your your niche or also like your pricing point where you have to stand yeah that's that's really interesting I would agree with you on all of that basically um I think this idea that your following kind of dictates your value is something that has kind of come up in the last few years and I think it does definitely like skew things a lot and I like exactly um, yeah. you know you, you see you see people out there some of the, some of my, my favorite photographers they've got a couple of maybe a couple of thousand followers or whatever yeah. but the work they're producing and the clients they have are, are so good but it's but then equally, there's people out there that have got, you know, millions of followers and the content is, um, you, know, you know. I know, I know. <laughs> but, but they're working with the same, you know what I mean? But the, work, the level of work, and they're probably charging more, but the yeah. level of work is, 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 is lower. Um, so it's a, it's a strange dilemma and um, one that is definitely difficult to navigate. But um, I just wanted to ask, like, what was the kind of, what kind of techniques have you found um, to kind of like come past that? Like, how how have you kind of worked out your your approach when you when a client comes back to you and they're like, okay, we want this, and can you provide us a quote? Like, 
do you what's your kind of like technique with figuring out how much you're going to charge we don't have to go into specifics but kind of just yeah. like broadly like how do you how do you think about those kind of things <laughs> it's, it's difficult man. but yeah no i'm kind of charging per day already so that makes more sense uh, but also by number of image that i will like deliver or deliverable that i will just make during the trip or whatever so um yeah i think now i i see it more like um the same way as wedding because uh, a lot of people know that weddings are a lot of work you are just delivering a lot of image but i just say okay this is the way i work i'll just charge that amount per day and then I'll charge that per image or per minute of video or per yeah that's basically what I'm doing so that's clear for everyone everyone got the same price and of course you can like also discuss with the client if you are sending to I don't know um, like Thailand maybe you don't want to have the same amount that is if you are going in your own town and you know it since like 10 years of course it's not the same so yeah. um, but basically I just have the same rates for everyone it's very clear and uh, from there we can just discuss uh, whatever so yeah no, that's really interesting I, I think um, a lot of people starting out you don't really think about this idea of charging for like per photo or per yeah. video you sort of maybe just have this idea that you're going to work for a set amount of hours and you're going to just going to deliver whatever you've got so I think it's like it's important that people take the time to think about like image licensing and usage and all those kind of things because that is such a big part of um Ex exactly of, like income and like your work yeah. as well so um but yeah, but because so basically so. that's that's you have to be paid for your time which is the like for me the daily rate but then you have to be paid for all all your gear and like computer camera also the time editing and so that's basically for me the licensing is paying for all that yeah so okay. I, I see it like this way i mean yeah no, it's, that's really good. Thanks, Derek. Um, so I guess the one thing to talk about is like COVID and how this pandemic has affected <laughs> your work. Um, and like, I just wanted to ask you kind of like how it's kind of changed things for you and like how you've adapted um, to the kind of like current situation. Yeah, um, like the first half of the year was pretty pretty hard for me like no all my job uh, got cancelled like I guess for everyone uh, I had few like cold trip upcoming but all was cancelled so I was just sitting home and saying okay I'll just not have any money this year and uh, it was I mean very hard uh, for the first months but then I started uh, to work again like graphic design and web design which I was doing in the past a lot 
um, and just starting slowly because like I almost stopped for two years so no client anymore and yeah I had like I had a lot of luck because I just got few clients and I could just start again just you know having some work giving some uh, energy and enthusiasm to, to just go forward and yeah then got a few project in this summer which was cool also uh, but yeah I had completely changed from I was full-time photography and now I'm back a bit more into like graphic design but it's cool also I got more time also for myself to get more creative and think about all that stuff and yeah yeah no, that's cool I think like if anything this like year has really taught me and by the sounds of it, you it's very important to have such a like quite a wide range of income streams like have quite a few different things that you could potentially do because you never know what things might go well what things might dry up exactly things like that. Um, but just just on just want to touch on a couple of just want to touch on a couple of things that you mentioned there about um yeah. sort of graphic design and like I think, you know, just from seeing your work, particularly on Instagram, you can really see like how you implement that into your work. And I really think that makes you stand out a lot. And um, some, of it's really, <laughs> some of it's really creative. Like I remember seeing you did a series in, um, in uh, Switzerland. Yeah. Um, at the, I think it was the Matterhorn series. And you, did, you implemented some graphic design, like a train and uh, a load of like cool things and I was like wow like Derek let's just blow my mind like I don't see anything like that on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, so yeah it's, it's, re it's really cool uh, probably maybe not really a question but I, I think it's really cool and um, like it definitely brings a unique likeness to you like your aesthetic and like um, but yeah I, I really I really enjoy it thanks so much I yeah, really that's... appreciate that <laughs> that's okay um, but yeah, so you you did some work recently with Canon in Austria. I saw. Yeah, exactly. You're testing yeah. out the new. Were you testing out the new R5 and R6? Exactly. Was yeah, <laughs> that was so cool. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty cool project. Did you? So was that one that they kind of approached you for, or was it um, something you pitched to them, or is it part of your oh, kind of it's collaboration? Like, uh, I'm working, as I said, a long-term uh, collaboration with Canon Belgium and I'll be like the ambassador for the R5 in Belgium. Whoa. Along. Yeah, so that's really cool. I'm very <laughs> proud to be like having the, you know, the trust of Canon. So that's something really cool. That's uh, amazing. Congrats. Yeah. On. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, we were there uh, with my... Uh, friend which is also uh, Canon ambassador for the R6 and we just went there for testing out the new camera and waiting for ours to come but it takes, <laughs> takes a long time but we are so excited now uh, well, was the camera are amazing and we had such luck with the weather there we were just before the lockdown because the day after we came back home Austria was in lockdown and you cannot like go to hotels or whatever so we were like super lucky with that I just wanted to ask one more question before we go um, like do you have any advice for people kind of starting out in photography and filmmaking and looking to kind of make it into a full-time job uh, yeah 
uh, I guess the first advice would be like to not care too much about likes and Instagram in general. Um, if you are doing it just for like if you get into photography just for Instagram or sharing your work there and getting likes, I guess you're not passionate enough. Uh, for me, uh, I think Instagram will die any day soon or maybe later, I don't know, but uh, you, if you're just doing it for Instagram, then it's not the good reason. Um, so that's that's one thing, and then as we we were talking before, I, I think uh, you have to try diff a lot of different things because you'll learn a lot. Also, um, you'll un understand what you like to do and what you're good at. Um, so yeah, and anyway, you will find your way uh, somehow and. Getting there, people realize you're talented and you will will see your work. And if you're passionate anyway, it's not work. So that's, yeah, that's the best point. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much, Derek. I appreciate you coming on and giving some words of wisdom to the listeners. And uh, yeah, all the best and hopefully catch you Thank sometime. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no worries. All right, cheers, man. Okay, bye-bye. Cheers, thanks a lot. Right, so that's my dip for today's episode. Big thanks to Derek for coming along and chatting to me today. I hope you found that inspirational and got some good advice from that. Um, if you'd like to see more of Derek's work, you can see him on Instagram, it's at D underscore Malou, or you can find him on his website, um, which is dmalou.com. Um, thank you very much for listening and be sure to subscribe either on your podcast app or on YouTube if you're watching it here. And um, yeah, I'll see you in the next episode.